Today on CityCast Pittsburgh. Crumbling infrastructure and more frequent flooding are just some of the ways that climate change is showing up in local communities. Waiting for corporations to reduce their carbon footprint isn't practical. Some municipalities are taking steps to reduce their own. I'm here with Brittany Reno, the mayor of Sharpsburg, and she participated in something called the Local Climate Action Program. And it's a training from the state that helps local leaders figure out how to fight climate change. It's Tuesday, July 19th. I'm Morgan Moody, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. Brittany, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm a big fan of your show. Oh, thank you. It's always nice to hear. Uh, I feel like we. I feel like we talk about the effects of climate change on a global scale, but how is it impacting you and your community in Sharpsburg? That is an enormous question. Um, And really that's how I got involved with doing this work is understanding that this was a big global issue, but, you know, starting to feel like I might be powerless to do anything about it. And Mm -hmm. so I looked for the local manifestations of climate change and how it was impacting not just infrastructure, but people And in my community in Sharpsburg, and really in a lot of Western Pennsylvania, that looks like flooding pretty seriously. Uh, We're projected to have more and more volatile, high-volume stormwater emergency events in the coming decades. And Sharpsburg is is right right there by the river, too, right? Yeah, yeah. So we are, you know, we're in the River Valley. We are, by nature, designed to flood (laughs) in these uh, (laughs) typical high wet weather events. And so knowing that it's going to be even more dramatic and damaging is acutely important to us here. So trying to tackle that issue and engaging people and understanding that we can do something about it. That's what I've been spending a lot of my time doing these past few years. Yeah. So you participated in this local climate action program. It's for state and local government leaders um, to learn more about sustainability and how to affect change. What was your experience um, with the program? It was incredible, incredibly eye-opening, a little bit disturbing, but it also gave me a lot of hope for the fact that we can make change locally. I mean, why disturbing? What we were able to do through this program was do a baseline greenhouse gas emissions study on our very local community. So we know exactly, you know, what our biggest sources of greenhouse gas emissions, aka pollution, mm-hmm. are, which on one hand, you know, the the single biggest source for us is the transportation sector. We are smushed right between two highway bridges, the 62nd Street Bridge and the Highland Park Bridge. Yeah. Uh, Route 28 all the way behind us and then in front of us We've got Main Street and then we've got an active railroad line. So there is not a ton that we can do locally to affect those sources of emissions. But the other biggest source is residential energy. And what we know is that we have a lot of old houses. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of people who can't afford to retrofit or weatherproof their houses. So we have this great opportunity to not only lower emissions, but also help people save on their electric bills and their housing bills by looking to get funding for programs that help people do that work on their houses. Well, so can you give some of those examples of how you have incorporated that program into what you're doing in the community? Yeah, so it 
really the climate action plan builds on our community vision planning process, which we did from about 2017 until 2019, where we engaged hundreds of people in the community in the process of figuring out what the heck we want to happen here in the future. Mm -hmm. We see tons of displacement happening in the hot city neighborhoods. And so we see the writing on the wall. We want to figure out our own destiny, kind of the community self-determination angle has been very important to us in figuring out what we want to improve on, what we want to change, what we want to make sure we keep here. And so the climate action plan built on a lot of those recommendations that came straight from the community and really grounded it in the fact that a lot of these things we need to do for our own safety. So things like food access, Uh, we don't have a grocery store here. So we've started to build out our community garden network. Where's the closest grocery store in Sharpsburg? So we're actually, we're a USDA designated food desert here in Sharpsburg, but we're a food desert surrounded by communities that have grocery stores. So we have, uh, you know, we have an Aldi up Route 8, but the bus line only drops you off a mile away from it. So if you're trying to get more than a bag or two of groceries, or if you're a person with a disability trying to travel up, uh, you know, Route 8, that's tough. Then we've got the Giant Eagle up in Waterworks, Mm -hmm. which is a little pricey for some of our folks in town. We've got the Walmart up at Waterworks, but that also doesn't have produce. We've got the Shop and Save in Lawrenceville, but we have a ton of people, single parents, people who work odd hours, people who don't have cars. About a quarter of our homes don't have cars here. So we're trying to amplify our local food networks by building up local gardens and then giving out produce. One of our measures for our eco district is how many days a year can you get a fresh vegetable in Sharpsburg? And some years that has been zero days. Now we are up to closer to about uh, once a week, a year round or twice a week, just in the growing season. But uh, wow! by enabling people to walk to a garden and buy a vegetable, we're saving on emissions. And mm-hmm. is that the top priority? No, but it adds up. So you kind of teased a little bit of like what the programs that are already in progress. Um, are people on board? Are they excited for it? Did you have to do a lot of convincing or is it like an easy switch? I think what's super important to how we are trying to do this here is that it is rooted in what the community actually wants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anything we do is, uh, you know, predated by weeks, months, or years of conversations about a topic to figure out what people care about most. By far, a grocery store is the greatest want and and need in the community. And so we do try to lobby grocery stores to set up shop here, but it's a pretty competitive market because we're surrounded by grocery stores. Yeah. Uh, so we're taking that into our own hands and really keeping all of our sustainability ish- initiatives rooted in the lived experience of people, especially people who have the least already, it makes it hard to to fight against that. And that's been super exciting for me. I'm into politics, but politically, I'm not necessarily aligned with all or the majority necessarily of of the residents that I serve. But keeping all these programs based on like actual human need and what families are, you know, struggling with or what is causing people pain in the community that's been pretty effective and it hasn't been a big sell because of that, because it is stuff we agree on. We don't want to walk out of our houses and get hit by a car because there's no crosswalk. Mm -hmm. We do want to be able to eat vegetables, (laughs) you know, that's not super controversial. And have access to food. That's not. Yeah. And we don't want to be standing knee deep in, in sewage water in our basements. So tackling these things kind of separate from the political 
language that a lot of people get tied up in. I've found that to be pretty effective so far. Has it been challenging organizing all these (laughs) climate-related programs? Uh, Yeah, what's been challenging is overcoming my own desire to want everything to be perfect. Mm. It's really hard for me to let something out there and to be vulnerable and and let programs or ideas out that aren't fully baked that aren't perfect and i've come to find or at least this is how i keep myself moving every day is that it's better to do something imperfectly and just get it out there and have a foundation started that other people can build on uh, than to just be you know paralyzed with indecision and fear So nothing I do here is perfect, but I do hope to provide that foundation that other people, whether it's people right now or people, you know, 10 years from now or a generation from now, people can build on it uh, and they don't have to start from scratch. Is it frustrating at all to try to make these changes in your neighborhood when other communities might not be doing these things or major corporations are also not doing their part? What's frustrating to me really is that there there are so many resources out there for so many things for so many initiatives and this is you know a crisis on our doorstep that we experience right now annually in some places in the form of flash flooding or bridge mm-hmm. collapses sinkholes and but we need a regional plan for climate action and the connect the congress of neighboring communities climate action plan is so exciting, but right now we don't have funding behind it. This is uh, Connect is a coalition of urban core governments, including the city of Pittsburgh and Allegheny County. Uh, So it's about 40 local governments who meet once or twice a month to talk about these issues and to figure out how we can coordinate regionally across, you know, the 130 distinct municipal governments in Allegheny County. So You've got everyone from uh, Millvale and Etna to Forest Hills, Mount Lebanon, Dormont, Wilkinsburg, Carnegie, communities all over the place. And what's wild to me is I don't know which of these representatives are Republicans or Democrats. <laughs> and we just come together and, and talk about these issues. Mm-hmm. You know, municipalities that have shrinking populations by and large, yeah, shrinking budgets, ri- rising costs. All of these communities are floating their own fire departments, departments of public works, police departments. It's utterly unsustainable. There needs to be better shared services, consolidation, all of this stuff just to make progress on the legacy issues we have, like combined sewer systems that we have dumping raw sewage into the rivers still to this day, but also looking forward to the fact that we have to tackle these infrastructure problems even more than we have in the past, Mm -hmm. which is not adequate. (laughs) Um, Clearly. That requires collaboration. (laughs) And so uh, what's been great about Connect is that we are able to come together and talk about things like recycling. Each of these municipalities, usually through their councils of governments, so collaborations of five to ten municipalities, usually they negotiate a separate contract with the waste hauler and the recycling provider. Uh, But if we were able to negotiate for that on the regional scale, We'd be getting better deals. We'd be making recycling more affordable and expanding access to it. And for every single issue that a municipality handles, we could be doing more with less if we just talked more. Yeah, we did an episode back in March, I think, about how some municipalities stopped collecting glass recycling. This is what's so tough because Sharpsburg is one of the only municipalities that doesn't 
offer curbside recycling mm. in the county. And we we look at it every time our garbage contract is up. And the waste hauler can't guarantee that anything that it's pl- picked up as recycling will actually be recycled and not just go to the landfill. So yeah. am I going to put an extra annual charge of $70 on my residents, who some of whom don't have $0 in their bank accounts, am I going to put that extra charge on them just to feel good about something that's not actually happening? Yeah. Um, this is what I struggle with is I'm a big fan of black and white thinking and in the sustainability world, the trade-offs that you have to make, there's a lot of gray area mm-hmm. and it's uncomfortable area, but sometimes we have to sit with it <laughs> to actually start to make meaningful progress on it. So I'm sitting with the issue of recycling right now myself. Yeah. Um, so the deadline for communities to apply for this program is the end of the month, July 31st. What would you say to any borough or township leaders that are kind of like on the fence about it? Like, is the climate action training worth it? Oh, absolutely. This program gives you not just an understanding of where your biggest challenges are, but also where your areas of biggest opportunity are. And it's not just, you know, solarizing a building or electrifying your vehicle fleet, although those are, you know, recommendations that come with it. But, Mm -hmm. you know, smaller things, things that benefit the human experience the quality of life in your community, like rain gardens and better recreation facilities. It's not ever a mandate that comes out of this, but just super helpful suggestions, not just on how to make your community a better place for the people who live there, but also to have a positive impact on the environment. So it's a it's a win-win situation with no drawbacks in my mind. Brittany Reno is the mayor of Sharpsburg. Thank you so much for joining us on CityCast Pittsburgh. Thank you all for having me. A little more news before you go. Senator Doug Mastriano is facing some controversy. Surprise, surprise. His campaign for governor paid $5,000 for consulting services to Gab. That's the social media website known for spreading conspiracy theories. It was also used by the man charged with killing 11 people in the 2018 shooting at the Tree of Life Synagogue. Drinking water still hasn't been tested near the Pittsburgh airport despite years of contamination on its property. There aren't any laws requiring the airport to take action, but according to experts, the airport's $1.4 billion construction project that's happening right now could make the contamination problem worse. And the city's Urban Development Authority is giving out half a million dollars in micro-grants for neighborhood improvement projects. That includes expanding a grocery store in Larmer, funding a historic brewery restoration in Hazelwood, and developing park and trail sites in Brighton Heights. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you're feeling like you were left out of the Benefer nuptials, the Benefer wedding, and you didn't get a chance to give them a gift, why don't you give us the gift of leaving us a lovely show rating and review and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We always appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. So we'll see you then. Sometimes I don't know if it's like a tongue twister or if it's like just my Pittsburgh accent has like just destroyed um, my ability to like have normal speech.